What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only, Mr. 360, Tyler Pachelke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pachelke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. On this episode of the TSK Show, Tyler and I discuss everything that happened during NBA All-Star Weekend in Charlotte. Also, I decided to visit every basketball fan's favorite website, basketballreference.com, and look up the probability of active players in the NBA getting into the Hall of Fame. I want to see if Tyler can guess the percent chance some of today's stars have of making it into Springfield. And to close the show, I came up with a sports-themed would you rather for Tyler and I to answer. So yeah, let's uh let's start the show. Welcome to the sports kingdom What's going on, TP? How you doing, man? Doing good, man. We got the trophy in the mail uh, for the fantasy football league, so everything's official now. Yeah, um, I'm super stoked with how it turned out. Yeah, it's uh, it's dope. It's huge. Yeah, it's legit. Uh, we uh, shout out my grandma. She uh, yeah. she has a trophy connect that that was uh, able <laughs> <Trophy> to plug <laughs> that was able to hook us up with a, a dope. I'd say it's probably about like a foot and a half tall. Yeah, no, it's sick. It's our miniature Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, it's got a big bowl cup uh, on top, and then we got a got a nice base to to fit a bunch of names of uh, eventual champions of the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. And, yep. Uh, yep. Chad, it's on the way. Yep. The league is just forming into exactly what I wanted it to. Yeah. Be. And uh, next year, that trophy's coming home with me. Yeah. Well, that's that's what everybody <laughs> said once they saw it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so since we have last seen each other, I actually uh, went back to work, which is nice. I was kind of going crazy uh, at home. Yep. Uh, just laying in bed all day recuperating from my broken hand but uh the dope part was my first shift back at work was at the genesis open which is a pga tour event that happens every year it's tiger woods's event uh, it happens in the pacific palisades here in uh southern california right off of sunset boulevard uh, not too bad overlooking the beach it's very nice um riviera country club and uh Petros and Money, uh, one of the radio shows that I work for, uh, did a live broadcast from the the country club, the Riviera, uh, and the golf course, and it was the day of the Pro-Am, so uh, there was a bunch of celebrities, a bunch of pros uh, that were there, and two of the guests that, they, that Petros and Money had on were, one, Andrew Whitworth, uh, left tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. And third baseman for the Colorado Rockies, Nolan Arenado, which was dope because he's one of the premier players in baseball right now. Yeah. Uh, arguably the best third baseman in baseball. He wins the gold glove like every year, takes it away from Justin Turner. <laughs> but uh, it was dope getting to meet Andrew Whitworth uh, for me, obviously. Yeah. Um, and But with my broken hand, I had to shake his hand left-handed <laughs> and hit gee, him in person. He's just huge. Yeah, that's a massive human being for sure. And like he was like sitting down in like like a normal like fold fold up chair type thing, and yeah, just, he's just like monst yeah. monstering over it. It was uh, it was nuts, but uh, it was dope being at 
uh, Riviera for that uh, event because when we got there, we had to like check in at like the media tent and get our credentials and everything. It's a whole whole process yeah. when uh, the PGA Tour is involved. But the credential check-in tent was right next to the media interview room. And right when we got there, Tiger was in the media room doing his press conference before he went out uh, and per- participated in the pro-am because he had a group that he was paired with of three amateurs and in the morning group. And so me and uh, my coworkers walked into the media interview room and got to see like part of Tiger's press conference. Yeah, that's dope. And just like seeing him in the flesh, yeah, like that's it, crazy. it was just nuts. Yeah, that's a wild one. That's like seeing Kobe or LeBron. Or yeah. Any of the Tom Brady, any of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Sergio Garcia walked right past me, like all, so many big name golfers. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Johnson was walking around just on his cell phone at one point, walked past me. He's like six, four. He's huge, too. Um, but no, it was dope. It, it's, it was a fun event. I got to do it last year. So yeah. it's, uh, it's always fun. And, uh, so you're a regular now. Yeah, basically <laughs> the, the dope part was, is I didn't realize this last year, but the credentials we had were good for the entire tournament. Like I could have gone like the entire weekend. That would have been dope. Well, it was raining all yeah. weekend in Southern California. Didn't so. work out. And with the, with the broken hand, it kind of makes it hard to m- move around. Uh, in in big crowds and stuff like that yeah no i would not i would not move around in a big crowd with that no but all right enough enough of the golf let's uh (laughs) let's get to the let's get to the meat of what what happened this weekend and it was nba all-star weekend in charlotte one of my favorite weekends of the year it's hands down just this weekend was another example of why the nba all-star weekend and the nba all-star game is the best all-star out of any like sports league in my opinion yeah for sure they definitely do a good job of just uh molding the uh the culture of basketball and you know um all the off off court stuff you know the concerts and you know the parties and yeah it's just you know the players so then the players are excited to go everyone's having a good yeah, time even even players uh, that aren't a part of any events yeah. during the weekend still go to Charlotte or yeah. wherever the it's in the, the middle ve- the city is it's that in the year. middle of the season which I think is a um, a good move and yeah I mean it's just always been a great event and basketball is a non-contact sport so you can eh, it's kind well, of I mean it's a contact sport but it's it's not a, a sport where you have to you know you have to like really you know go all out yeah to have a good game yeah you can do a lot of highlight plays and then things like the dunk contest and three-point contest and even the skills contest are all very entertaining yeah there's a there's a lot of uh uh, hot potato going around and uh yeah it's uh, tough it's tough to do hot sauce in it's tough to do in football because it's so physical you don't want to you know and then it's tough to do in baseball because pitchers are just still so dominant. Yeah. You know, it's just like if a regular baseball game. If a pitcher throws you his best pitch, yeah. it, like it's still going to hit so, on the mark no matter what. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, NBA's just got to figure it out. I think the concerts and having the players on the floor and all that kind of stuff is, is good. And then, the hometown playing into it a lot is, is cool as well. Yeah. And, uh, I think we've had, we've had this, uh, talk uh discussion before it's like when you when you see on like saturday night all the stars like courtside it's like you recognize these stars because we see their faces all the time and it, and it d- just doesn't happen for like football players for instance because of the helmet and, yeah and yeah, baseball, yeah. baseball players don't have the same marketability as basketball players yep. uh so it's it's really great to see the nba 
always show out at All-Star Weekend. I love the Sonics guys that were sitting four <laughs> rows back. Yeah, um, they were they great. Were there, they were there during the uh, all the competitions on Saturday, and I, they were there in the All-Star game. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw uh, them multiple times booed, throughout the weekend. They booed Hamadou Diallo. Um, even though I like Diallo's performance, I like that they booed him just because of Oklahoma City and, and Seattle and that relationship. Yeah. So, no, I texted you immediately when I saw yeah, them on TV. Those guys, those guys killed it. Repping the Sonics proudly. Yeah, but uh, let's uh, let's go back to Friday and uh, start with the Rising Stars game. Yep. Uh, Team USA versus Team World. We both predicted Team USA to win, yep. uh, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did. 161 to 144. And uh, I'm repping him tonight. Uh, also, for two reasons, actually. Uh, the MVP of the Rising Stars game was none other than Los Angeles' own Kyle Kuzma. He uh, he put up 35 points, six rebounds, and two assists. I'm rocking his jersey tonight. We're also doing uh, the top 20 power forwards on the next episode yep. when we uh, get done recording this. So make sure to check that out, see where we rank Kuz uh, in the top 20 of uh, power forwards. But Kuz had a hell of a game. He came out early and came out firing. Yeah, the Rising Stars game is a great event. That game's always really good um, throughout history, whether it was the rookie sophomores, um, you know, just the regular Rising Stars game or the Team uh, USA versus Team World. So it's always a good one getting the young stars out there. Was it me? T- team World won last year, I'm pretty sure. The, this was uh, Team USA's only, I think, second win since they started yeah, so doing Team USA versus yeah. Team World. Was it me or did Ben Simmons look too old to be out there? Yeah, third year pro. <laughs> He's a vet, man. He's about <laughs> to get a second contract. Like, he had no business being in that game. Yeah, no, I mean, whatever. Ben Simmons, he can get away with all this <laughs> shit for now. It's not going to last. Luca looked pretty good. He he was having some fun. Uh, there was also uh, John Collins gave a little preview of what he, he might do in the, in the dunk contest. John Collins, it was good for him because uh, just being on the national spotlight, he hasn't gotten a lot of that. And he's a really good player. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people didn't know who he was going into the dunk contest, and a lot of people watched him play Friday night and were like, oh, he might have a chance to win it. He's a stud. I mean, he's a good basketball player. He's not just an athlete, too. Yeah. Uh, leading scorer for the team world was Ben Simmons with uh, 28 points, and Lowry Markinen had 21. Luka Doncic had 13. For Team USA, Jason Tatum had 30 points as well. He uh, he had a nice showing in the second half. Started out slow. Uh, it's kind of I feel like it's hard for players to kind of get a flow in these types of games where yeah you just got to basically see who just gets hot instantly. Yeah, whose first shot goes in. Right Don- Donovan Mitchell looked like an early MVP candidate uh, for the game. He he was playing well, and Marvin Bagley had uh, a few nice dunks. Yeah, Bagley's a stud as well. And then, uh, so Saturday, I was working and didn't get a chance to see the skills co- skills competition or the three-point shootout. Yeah, Saturday was dope. Saturday was good. Uh, pretty entertaining all the way through, I thought. Um, the skills challenge right off the bat, the thing I think that was noticeable a lot of people talked about was, uh, I mean, it just definitely didn't seem ran- – they, they tried to portray that it was a random matchup pairing um for the first round what was the first round basically the first round was they had eight they had one through eight up on this board and you couldn't see who it was Mm -hmm. and uh i forget who who it was but they were picking the two numbers to to match up Mm. so they would be like three and five and and then they would like you know uh show you who who was underneath 
But the matchups just didn't seem random at all. Jokic and Nurkic got matched up. Oh, okay. Um, so the two guys that got traded for each other. Yep. And then uh, um, Trey Young and uh, Luca got matched up. I think also was, two guys that got traded for each other. And <laughs> yeah, see, it just it didn't really. Uh, it was just kind of fishy. I don't know. I didn't really buy that it was random at all. Well, who all. was Kuzma paired up against? Kuzma was paired up with. Um, Oh no, Kuzma was paired up with Luca. Trey, who was Trey Young paired up with? Who did I think was going to win? Oh, De'Aaron Fox. Mm. Trey Young, Trey Young, and De'Aaron Fox were matched up. Who I thought were like the two favorites. So I think that one was what was weird. But it was Luca and Kuz, and then Jason Tatum and Mike Conley. Got it. But the uh, De'Aaron, the De'Aaron Fox, Trey Young one was kind of fishy because I think they were the favorites. And then the two big guys matched up first round. Yeah, Just to get one of them into the second round, I thought it was kind of... Okay, so weird. round one, Jokic beat Vucevic. Yep. You, you said Nurkic. Or, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was wrong there. All right. Jason Tatum beat Mike Conley. Yep. Trey Young beat De'Aaron Fox. And then Luka beat Kuzma. Yep. So Trey Young in the first round hit a half quarter. Right, uh, right, right. To get in I there. saw the highlight of that. Okay, and then and then in the semifinals, Jason Tatum beat Jokic, and then then Trey Young beat Doncic. That's when the Trey Young Luca matchup um, happened. And then in the finals, Tatum beat. And so in the finals, so you know, didn't Jason Tatum shoot one from half court to win? Yeah, so Trey Young got in there for a half court shot in the first round, and then in the finals, um, Trey Young ended up got way ahead. Trey Young had a, a pretty good strategy to the game. He figured it out. Uh, just kicking, throwing the ball up ahead and running it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was way ahead of Jason Tatum, and that's why Tatum threw up the half court just to try and get one up, and it went in, and he got the championship. Damn, he just threw up a prayer, and it just happened to go in. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah, threw up, a, I guess, a prayer. It, it <laughs> does, these guys can shoot pretty good percentage from there from nowadays. That's fair. Uh, but, yeah, he uh, put it up there and won the championship off the same way Trey got out of the second round. All right. Um, and the same. Oh, so he gave a Trey a taste of his own medicine. Exactly. That's and then, dope. And then uh, the three-point contest, boy, oh boy. All my, right, here, have your have your moment of glory. My shout out of the week last week, Joe Harris, my boy, uh, Lakes Land, Washington wins the beats. Uh, I think the proper way to do it is say that he beat Steph Curry in a uh, in a three-point contest. He did. Anytime you could say that, I think you're you're basically your career's good. You can always just fall back on that so i i literally turned on the tv i got home just in time right before the dunk contest started so was it joe harris versus steph in the finals joe harris steph and buddy but oh the, so it was three people in the finals yeah yeah, yeah. well they just two rounds oh yeah. whoa yep yeah. uh first of all they did a cool little thing in the beginning where they had a bunch of three-point legends come out so i think we had uh i think we had ray uh mark price del curry and one other so what did they do they just um basically shot they, a three? They, basically they did one round and dell did both baselines so he had to run the baseline oh damn yeah <laughs> and uh um basically they it was like for charity and they said they would hit uh they would donate a thousand bucks a shot they only ended up hitting eight shots oh no um all cool i mean they were all cold coming in so oh no uh, it was pretty funny to watch Del were they wearing run- like jerseys um, I think they were wearing like NBA All Star like T shirts or so, of okay. some sort. So they were like, wearing something athletic. But they were like T shirt jerseys. I'm pretty sure. That's cool. Yeah. Um, 
But anyways, in the first round of the three-point contest, it it was super good. There was a ton of high scores. Dame Lillard went off. He had a great first round. He everybody was saying that Dame time, baby. Um, he Dame wasn't time. gonna finish the rack. He wasn't gonna finish the rack. And then you know, sure as shit, he finished the rack. Just got the last <laughs> shot off in classic Dame style. Um, yeah, so Dame the, time. The I think the biggest disappointment was Seth. I think he wanted. Oh, to, did he not have a good showing? Nah, he didn't have that great of a showing. Did you see the bet that Seth and Steph made? Yeah, that yeah. Was, I mean that was cool. Yeah. Uh, just makes it a little, a little interesting in, in hometown i i think it was funnier that dell uh, was just like i'm tired of steph like and all of his reactions <laughs> and cuts from steph doing well were just classic he was just not impressed at all he was over it that's so funny um he was he, he wanted seth to get that win um but yeah it was it was a good showing all around um for the three-point contest and then in the final round joe harris i mean both rounds he shot the lights out and then steph came down to the last shot and the last rack uh, Steph hit like I saw Steph hit like ten in a row at one point, right? Yeah, yeah. Steph brought Steph started out slow and brought it back and was just one money ball away from from bringing it home in the hometown. But Joe Harris got it, and I think Buddy Hield finished third. But Buddy Hield shot lights out too. Buddy Hield was kind of like the forgotten star of that <laughs> event. Yeah, I mean he shot really well in both rounds, and no I mean one's, no one's gonna remember. Shit, it. that's what happens when you play for the Sacramento Kings, and you go against Steph. <laughs> yeah. But so I made it home in time for the dunk contest, like I said, and once again, it was a lackluster dunk contest, in my opinion. It's tough because, you know, a couple good dunks to me now I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, no, they were. Listen, there were a few good dunks what, in this, what sucks match, is in the, this contest. The two but, things I hated the most were. Um, a, I hate when players miss dunks. It just takes away from it so much. That's why that, – I mean, that's the only reason Dennis Smith Jr. didn't win was yeah. he missed too many I dunks. Think, I think they get two misses and, and two, like, real misses. If it's, like, a miss throw, whatever, don't count it as a miss. But no, if they, two misses max. Like, if you get two throws at it, you're done. Like, um, I think they were giving them, like, four this year. Yeah, and second of all, I think it's – yeah, it might even been three, but they weren't counting a lot of them as attempts. Yeah, they were counting them a lot as missed throws. And second of all, they got to extend the event a little more. It shouldn't just be um, two dunks around for two rounds. So you think they should expand the field? I think it should either be a field expansion or they should do three rounds, uh, three dunks each round, where like a player gets three dunks. Then then you can make the missed thing like not matter as much if you do like something where it's like three rounds, uh, uh, three dunks per round. You drop your low score. Okay. So you can. Keep, so you count so, two scores, but you get three dunks. Yeah. So like you can do, um, you can do the four four contestants. That's fine. But just each of them get three dunks. You drop their low score. Then like the misses won't mean as much. Yeah. Then you know, and then you'll feel like you're getting a little more out of it, and you can keep it to like a lower contestant number. Yeah, you can still keep um, it at four and then contestants. Just have a championship afterwards where you get three dunks again. Interesting. Um, I, I could be down for that. Yep. And I also like, I mean, I like the idea of doing, you know, you get a prop dunk or an oop dunk. See. You know, there's no perfect way to do it. The prop dunks are cool to an extent. But, but like, you got to drill it the first time. Well, right? And then, it's just, and then it's like this lame. year, and like this year with John Collins trying to jump over that mini airplane or whatever that was, it just, him no, kicking off one of the, the pieces of wood, like, yeah, no, it they just blew. didn't look it, good. Yeah, no, they blew that one, but. That one was just playing into the home crowd with, you know, 
Yeah, North Carolina, that being like the birth of uh, flight. flight and yeah. all of that. Yeah, I yeah, guess. but that was a cornball dunk. Yeah, he just like jumped jumped over it. The the costume didn't look good. The goggles didn't fit. Yeah, he tried to put um, the goggles on it first, and he couldn't just, see. Yeah, the, yeah, it was just a blown attempt. It's too bad because he can fly, but but like yeah. Diallo jumping over Shaq with the Superman mm-hmm. and like putting the elbow in the rim. That was legit. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. And then even even though it took Dennis Smith Jr. like three or four tries to get it, the windmill over D Wade was nuts. Yeah. No, I mean they were all really good. I mean, Diallo's uh, vertical is just insane. Yeah. So. But I I like to see. I got my lineup for next year. You have your lineup for next year. I'm pretty sure we have the same lineup. Yeah. I mean, you got to. You have to get Hamadou and Zion in there. Okay, so we're two for two so far. And then and then I think you got to get Donovan Mitchell and Giannis. Oh. Yeah. See, I'm going for the rematch now that Levine's been healthy for an entire year. Gordon and Levine. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. They're good too. Um, they'd be great. And. It's in Chicago next year. So Oh, so all right. Well, if Levine's playing in Chicago, that's probably a wrap. See? That's probably a wrap. Yeah, but, but uh Donovan Mitchell said something about, you know, trying to come and claim it back. Well and people and Giannis comment or it might be vice versa, but one of those two commented yeah, Giannis, saying he he would do it if the other one would do it. Yeah. Well, and people people forget Giannis has already competed in the slam dunk competition. Yeah. Yep. And it didn't really work out too well for him, but no, I mean, he's not the right person for it. No, it, it's not the right build. It's the same he's, thing with John too, Collins. He's too long, and uh, well, and Mikhail Bridges, he 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 didn't even really do anything special at all. Yeah, who? Oh, Mikhail Bridges, Miles, or Miles Bridges. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, I got the two bridges confused. No, it it wasn't a it wasn't a great. Yeah, I was disappointed with with his performance, but. You know, it's it's tough because I know how crazy these dunks are in real life and how hard they are to do. So it just kind of takes away from uh, just being on TV all the time and not being there in person. It's hard to get as hype for this stuff yeah. as, as it really – how cool it really is. Yeah. And, I mean, all right, we have to talk about – But getting these guys that can fly up there and getting their head up well, through him, that's what people want to see. Okay, so speaking of flying – we have to talk about when Dennis Smith Jr. brought out J. Cole to throw him the oop. Yeah. And, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. just got so high on that jump. But more importantly, after, in street clothes, J. Cole grabs a ball and tries to attempt a dunk, which we know he can dunk because he's caught an oop in the celebrity game before in the past. Yeah. And he almost got it. If, if you watch the replay, he got really close. And yeah. It looks like he's going in. No, it – he w- he was like maybe centimeters off from getting that dunk to go down, and I think if that dunk went down, the place would have went nuts. A the place would have went nuts. The place went nuts even though he missed it first and off. The judges would have given him a little more love. No, I'm saying stop the competition, give the trophy to Jay Cole, and yeah. end the night. Yeah, no, it, that was uh, Jay Cole killed it in all aspects of the the weekend for sure. Yeah. So all right, let's let's, the let, let's get into Sunday then. Uh, since we're we're talking about Jay Cole now, um, so on Sunday during the game, it was Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. Obviously, yep. Team LeBron was down, I think, eighteen or twenty points uh, in the second quarter, and down like twelve, fourteen points like the whole game. Yeah, and in the third quarter, they just came back. Clay, Clay and Dame Lillard let a run off the bench. And we're able to get Team LeBron back into the game, and Le- Team LeBron ended up winning one seventy eight to one sixty four. 
Uh, Kevin Durant had a huge third and fourth quarter uh, as well. Uh, in the fourth, to start the fourth quarter, it was a tie. I believe it was a tie game or a one point ball game, like 132 132 or 132 131. Uh, and that really uh, meant that we were going to get an exciting fourth quarter. Yep. And uh, we sure did. Yeah, no, it was good. It was another great all star game. A lot of good moments in there. Uh, definitely the Giannis dunk. Oh, the Giannis dunk, I think, was the highlight of the night. Yeah, the dunk the dunk uh, off the bounce from Curry, that's going to be the highlight from that weekend that will always play. Oh, I mean, the, it just proved time. It's that one, iconic all-star moment. Like, it just, it, for me, it's like when McGrady threw it off the yep. the glass to himself. Or when KG threw the lob to Kobe in New York in 98. Yeah, that was, I mean, but, like, that's how iconic this Giannis one is. This one's going to be way No, I there. agree. All right, you know. With some of the best. Ever. No, I mean, it just it just proves once again that Giannis is the future of the NBA. Yeah, no, for sure. He's definitely creeping in on that that moment where, you know, it's like, okay, this this kid's like, he's number one now. Yeah, and the, the craziest part was is at the time of that dunk happening, everybody thought Giannis was going to be All-Star Game MVP because his team had been up for, for the majority of the game and then – KD and Team LeBron just came back and took it right think, from under his, I, yeah, I th- uh, right that, from under him. And I think KD and LeBron still got his number. Um, you oh, know, they as, definitely it, do. It, as far as being the better player, so uh, well, they're much still, better he's players. Still, he's still got a couple things to fill out in his game. It's just his physical, uh, his physical abilities and and his movement and his skill around the rim are just freaky. Yeah. So I mean, the MVP of the game uh, was Kevin Durant. He had thirty-one points, seven rebounds, two assists. He became the sixth player in NBA history to win a regular season MVP, two finals MVPs, and mm-hmm. two all-star game MVPs. The other five players uh, that he joins are none other than Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal, and Magic Johnson. Yeah, pretty good. So a pretty illustrious company that KD joined this past weekend. Uh, what do you, what do you think that meant? Like, do you think that has an effect on his, not really his legacy or anything? No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think All Star Game MVP is too big of a too big of a deal. The the last time he won it, it's it, a fun memory. Didn't, uh, but I I don't think it's like a big time. Like, doesn't really show anything for your legacy. The last time he won it, he he was wearing uh, the same jersey you were wearing. Yeah, the 2010. Yeah, in Dallas, the first year Jerry World opened. Yeah. That was a good one. I had the Air Force ones for that. Uh, I had like a I had a black pair um, of Air Force ones with that logo on them. There's a uh, hundred and five thousand people at that All Star game. Yep, I remember that one well. It was a good one. And then uh, obviously the Dirk and D Wade. Yeah, that was so yeah. much fun. Yep, they got we got exactly what we wanted. We got the the oop from D Wade to Braun off the glass. So perfect. And then um, the threes from Dirk. Yeah, three in a row to start it's just classic just <laughs> dirk shit you know it's just like oh my god he came off the court he's like that's what i do that's what i do yeah you know, like, he's a he's hilarious i i did like this side by side of you know the epic or, or of the, you know the iconic picture of d wade like kind of uh yeah has his hands out after yep. the hoop in miami and then yep. the one from this year where he's, he looked he, he looked, looked back, back. Yeah. yeah yeah the that's, that's a good uh good one is the, you know he didn't look at Miami because he knew there was many to come. Yeah. And he looked back in the All-Star game because he, he wanted to. He knew it was it. the last one. Yeah, it was good. It was good stuff. They killed it. Yeah, no, it was it was a great All-Star game. I, like I said at the top, once again, uh, the NBA just proved they are, uh, I th- in my opinion, the, the best sports league in the entire world. Yep. 
Um, and I mean, you talked about it, how they incorporate the culture, uh, and everything that NBA players are they about know, and they, stand for. They, they do the simple shit. They know what they are. They they understand what the players want and they give it to them. And it was very apparent to start with the player intros. You got a concert from Meek Mill and he killed it. And yep. then at halftime, J. Cole performed in his hometown in Charlotte. Yeah. And what J. Cole did for his fans for halftime is unreal. I'm going to I'm going to read a I, I think it's some internet post. I don't know if it's Reddit or YouTube or something. Um but it's from a fan who is in the crowd. I want to explain to y'all why J Cole is the goat and he used the goat emoji. When they the NBA asked him to do the halftime show, he said he would only do it on his terms. All of the people on the court, me included, were all free tickets. He wanted his actual fans to be a part of the show. Now, we had to wait over five hours in another building, standing most of the time, and he felt bad about us having to wait all that time just for 10 minutes of the show, so he decided to do a private concert after the game at another venue, and of course, that was free also. The whole Dreamville team performed, and Wale made an appearance as well. Now tell me how awesome of a person he really is. Yeah, he keeps it real. Yeah. Not doing too, not, you know, not doing, and, but. People do that kind of stuff a lot. You know, it doesn't always get brought to the surface. Right. Um, but J. Cole is, like, you know, definitely a big fan of him. Um, he he basically never does any wrong. You know, he's the guy that's anti-flashy. He just wants to be the normal person. Yeah, and it's it's as if he was he almost... Lives, he lives life pretty down... The, he's pretty much, like, a down-to-earth, like, regular human being. Yeah. And he he pretty much served as another like de facto host of the weekend in Charlotte because it's his hometown. He's yeah, from North yeah. Carolina. Yeah, that's why. And he was he was a staple figure at all the events. You saw him on TV. You saw him at Saturday night. You saw him Friday night at the uh, yeah. Rising Stars game. You saw him Sunday night at the game courtside. Um, it was it was great. And that's how it. That's how the NBA is. I mean, they know what they're doing. They know who they are. They don't try to be something they're not. Um, they know that the the kids turn into the players, and the players were the kids. You know what yeah. I mean? It, and this is what uh, this is what everybody loves, and this is what everybody wants to see. And basketball and rap, in particular, have always just had such a. They've always gone hand in hand. They've always gone. You know, the rappers want to be a hooper, and hoopers want to be a rapper. It's a, it's a, it's a classic line. It's it, and yeah, and it's true, and it, and that's why it's cool that the the NBA doesn't try to like shy away from it or or paint you know paint it into some league that it's not um, well it is what it and is for, and for a time they did try and shy away from it uh in the early 2000s when they implemented the dress code and and all of that but it's yeah. good to see that and they were figuring it out it's it's changing yeah and they figured it out and they corrected themselves and it's uh you know the we're progress the the time is progressing in the NBA, so yeah. they're keeping up. They're not they're not sticking with their old ways, even if they do make mistakes. Yeah, and oh, I, it just popped into my head. Going back to Saturday night, real quick, I love how after the three point contest, Steph came out in like the same jacket. Oh yeah, that was that big he, time. That, that he had genius. as a kid. It was Under so Armour, dope. Under Armour did like a release of that. Oh, they did. Yep. Um, it was pretty limited, but yeah, Under Armour released that jacket. That's pretty sick. Oh. And it, and uh, they he also had like his All Star shoes were like honeycomb. Oh, that's like, awesome! Like the Hornets, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Char Charlotte OG colorway. That's sick. Uh, another thing, 
uh, on the court during uh, the All Star game. Russ and Joel never played together. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> well, did you see? The I think that the coach, you know, the coaches were just trying to not to have anything disrupt what's going on. You know, they don't want to have any sideshow, any distraction. Maybe even one of the players, you know, said something. You know. Yeah, maybe Russ or Joel might have been just be like, "Hey, just." Russ know. probably said something. Ma- yeah, maybe they did. Maybe well, it was did the you, coach just did trying you hear to stay away. Maybe it was the league trying, you know, not to play into that kind of stuff. At did all, you hear during the like media availability, like Joel was asked and Russ was asked, like both, like by like separate yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joel was like, "We're on the same team now. Like for a day, like it's cool. Like I'll be cool with him. Like I don't got a problem." And Russ was just like, "Next, next question. question." Yeah, for sure. And that's who they are. Yeah. That's a perfect example of, you know, the personalities that both those guys are. Yeah. So uh, now a few things did happen off the court that uh, I feel like were were of note that happened during All-Star Weekend for the most part. Um, Ernie Johnson on TNT, he's obviously on the po- pre, post, and half show that just absolutely kills it. It's the best best sports like oh, yeah. pre been, post and half yeah. show I've been watching ever tnt's um bas- i've been watching ernie johnson tnt with the nba since the early 90s yeah so uh he suggested because there's all always these suggestions about nba all-star weekend about how saturday night isn't exciting anymore and the all-star game isn't exciting because they don't play defense and all of that mm-hmm. so he suggested maybe switching up the saturday night lineup uh for the events now not changing any of them yeah but just switching up the order in which they do them uh so basically he would start with the skills challenge like normal and then you would move from the skills challenge to the dunk contest put the dunk contest before the three-point contest because nowadays uh the three-point is looked at as a more sexier shot uh with steph curry and the evolution of all of that um and then after the three-point contest is over usually it's just the three events on saturday Ernie wants to have the team captains because all the stars in the NBA show up to all-star Saturday night. They're all courtside. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's playing in the game the next night, they're all there. Yep. Ernie wants to have the two captains come out onto the court, have all the guys that are going to be in the game the next day, come out onto the court mm-hmm. and have the all-star draft Saturday night on the court in the arena in front of everybody. Yeah, and see, I like, I like, I mean, I get where he's trying to go with that. He thinks that that's a big, pretty big draw, but I mean, I think that you, if that's how you feel about that draw from, you know, getting, having the players there and picking them on spot, and in the, it's Friday night, you should do it. You know what I mean? Like, why don't you do it after? No, I, I'd uh, argue doing it Sunday right before the game. Because I personally think that the Rising Stars game is the one that needs to be pushed into the limelight more. Interesting. And so then if it's like if you have a headline of, you know, rising stars, all-star selection and all-star game, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you start out with the all-star selection, you have your celebrity game, mm-hmm. and then Saturday, you you know, you have the rising stars um, challenges, like kind of the, the end all, you know, you know uh, main event. And, you know, you have the other skilled competitions earlier. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think the skills competition is kind of just like – I'm surprised it's still around. I just <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't dropped it completely it or come up with like a different. It's just corny. Who cares? Like it, it's like no one wants to see them dribbling. The dunk around contest cones. barely survives. Like how yeah. are you gonna have me watch this dude go through this sixth grade 
obstacle course and and like think it's i don't know it's just not they made it entertaining because they were like throwing up a half court shot just to like do you know yeah no none of those guys actually like but it's just like it doesn't mean anything it's not really that cool the dunk contest the three-point contest like just those are just like so like intertwined with basketball because you do it at like practice you do it in pregame you can do it in your backyard dunk contest and three-point contest yeah i mean like, kids do so dunk contests all the time this is something you just oh it's always going to be around basketball so um get rid of get rid of the uh skills challenge put the rising stars game up there as like a bigger event maybe even a saturday event so what if you and ha- have the captains pick everybody on spot after the celebrity game all the celebs are there yeah it, it gives you a bitter bigger selling point for friday night um i liked what ernie did but that's kind of my take that's how i kind of thought you know once he said that that's where my mind started kind of shifting things. all right hear me hear me out and i'm totally just going uh, off the top right now yeah. what if on friday night Let's say, obviously, that you keep the celebrity game like in the early afternoon on Friday, or early evening on Friday. Celebrity like, game like they is the perfect do. kickoff event. Right. Then, after the celebrity game is over, you move all the All Star Saturday events to Friday. This now this is playing into you putting like you wanting the rising stars more mm. in the limelight. Yeah. Move Saturday's events to Friday after the celebrity game, so you still have all the celebrities. You have all the big names in the NBA because they yeah. want to see the skills challenge. They want to see the three-point contest. They yeah. want to see the dunk contest. Then on Saturday, you do the Rising Stars game as like the main event as you would do Saturday, NBA yeah. Saturday night. Yep. And then Sunday, you have the All-Star game. Yeah, and that one works you know, logistically better than mine. Mine is like you can't really do it. It's, not, it's <laughs> more of a pipe dream. You can't have – because I mean, then it's just like uh, you can't have players doing. If if Saturday was dunk contest, three point contest, rise the stars, then none of those kids would probably be in the three point contest or the. Well, maybe they would, but well, then, they then it's a, also like Ben Simmons would would be playing like a back to back. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's tough. So like, it just works out logistically good for them to have like the kids, the rising stars games playing as the same as the celebrities. And then, so then you get a whole nother day before you got another play again. And then you get a whole nother day again before the all-star game. Um, well, and then some of the, some of the kids in the rising stars game, if they are not participating in anything on Saturday, they may just leave altogether and just go on vacation. Cause they still have a whole week off. Yeah. No, it's big time for the players. They enjoy it. Yeah. Cause I know like I saw JaVale McGee was in like Mexico. A couple other players went on vacation. You saw that Coos picture. Mm-hmm. No. You didn't see the Coos picture of him grabbing all that booty? <laughs> no. Oh. He he got caught. <laughs> he, he got caught on some Instagram model's uh, story That's because he basically had his hand on, on the booty. And you could just see one of his tattoos. Yeah. And everybody was just like, oh, yeah, that's that's Coos's tattoo. No face, no case. No. <laughs> but, uh, all right, some other stuff that happened down in, down in Charlotte during all-star weekend and we kind of talked about it last week with the whole tampering situation bradley beal the the wizard shooting guard came out and openly said that he was recruiting players to come to washington during the all-star break and he said he was going up to players basically asking what they were thinking what's going on in their head what are their plans 
And he, he even said that players were coming up to him asking him how he felt and what was going down in Washington. How is, how are things with him? What, what, what's it like to, what's the city like? What's it like to play in Washington? Um, and he said he wasn't going to name any names because he didn't want to get in trouble for tampering. But he said that it was openly going on this weekend. Yeah, and it might have been, but that doesn't mean anything. Washington's not attractive at all. I think he's an attractive piece for a championship, but Washington is not the attractive piece. Um, it's like if KD goes there, that's like your only hope, and that's like such a slim, and that's slim K- sliver. And KD's already a, said he doesn't want to go exactly, home. Exactly. No one's ever even said that. I don't think he's ever said that he like wants to play in his home city. Well, it was, and not everybody gives a shit about playing in their home city. Um, it was so more of like, like a media thing when yeah, he exactly. was, when he was like threatening to leave OKC. When he went to, yeah, uh, basically like, oh, he'll go home to Washington. And he was like, no, I don't want to go home because he knows what that entails and yeah. all the hanger-ons that are yeah. going to come out of the woods to to try yeah. and get some yeah. of some of his money. So Washington to me is just. Bradley Beal can say whatever he wants, but no one's going to Washington. I just, I just think it is interesting with all of the, the tampering conversation that has gone on over the past couple of weeks in the NBA with the whole Anthony Davis situation. It's like you have a player in the league who is openly admitting something that shouldn't be happening is happening. Yeah, because that's what happens in the <laughs> NBA. I mean, that's what, and everybody knows it happens at All Star Weekend. The game's changing, the league's changing, the rules are going to change. Um, this kind of stuff's got to be at the at the front of what um, they're talking about in the off season. Okay. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where the the lines are drawn. You know. Yeah, because it's like I feel like it. You can't you can't suspend and find everybody. Well, if Magic People Johnson if Magic Johnson were to come out and say this, or an executive for any team were to come out and say, "Hey, like I went up to all these players and was like, hey, what's your situation like? What are you thinking about this summer? Where do you want to go?" Yeah, they'd get slapped with a fine. Yeah, that was probably. I mean, Magic Johnson got a five hundred thousand dollar fine. Yeah, and a fifty thousand dollar fine. I just think, um, I, to me, the the line should be you shouldn't, you can't like publicly uh, on the record talk about wanting to play for another franchise. To me, everything that's else, already technically the rule. Yeah, well, to me, everything else should be cool. Like whatever, you know what I mean. As long as you're not, if you're texting, if if Kevin Durant's tra- texting Bradley Beal, or you know, an All Star Weekend, or at USA Basketball Camp. They're talking and they're figuring shit out. That's that's just what happens. You can't stop that kind of so stuff. So as long as you don't publicly go on out on the record and say, I want like I don't think that like players should be able to say like a Lakers shouldn't be like, I want to play for the Knicks. So you like don't, that's where I want to be traded. Or or you know, just because it's a brand, you know what I mean? You can't you can't say I'm a, a, the Nike athletes like I wanna wear Adidas. You know, it's it's so like you, you you're going to get in trouble for so that. You're not repping your brand that you're being paid for to do. So you don't think Anthony Davis should be allowed to – well, he he wasn't allowed to do what he did, but he, you don't think Anthony Davis should have been allowed to publicly come out and state that he wants to be traded from the Pelicans? That's Or – But see, that he's not mentioning any other team. Okay, all right. If so that's, that's, where, where the, that's where the that's difference is That's what I'm saying. That's where you got to okay. find this line. Okay. That's where I think all the offseason talks got to be like, where is the – the line because it's like, like where is it okay and not okay where's that point 
and then everything else is is on one or one side or the other on the fence. Because I remember the infamous Kobe radio tour when he went on record and was like, "I want out." Like, or, yeah. or it's either trade Bynum and the team or trade me. I think saying you're unhappy where you're at is is different than saying I want to play for the other team. Okay. I just think because of being, it's a company, it's a business, it's a brand. They're all under the same umbrella, but it's like, you know, I just don't want, if I'm a fan and I'm buying your gear or, you know, if you're a season ticket holder, you don't want to hear your guys talking about other teams. Okay. So that, that if br- it's talking, if it's in house, then it's in house. Then, then, then it's like, if, if, uh, you know, Kobe's saying I want out, then it's like, all right, management, instead of saying, Fuck you, Kobe. Well, you that's what, I mean? what that's what I mean. Anthony Davis technically went to the Pelicans privately and was like, "Look, and privately is cool. I want like, that's yeah." So he went to them privately, supposedly on Friday, yep. and was like, "I want out." Mm-hmm. And then on Monday was when it got leaked that he requested a trade. Yeah, which you know, like that's where you know, like where I think it, the line is. I think it's cool. You can do. Whatever you want off off record, off media, as long as mm-hmm. you know. If you so got, you don't even think because that that's how that's how the real world works with with the job. I think you right. Know what I mean, if you have a problem with your employment, if you're underappreciated or underpaid, you go and then you talk to whoever's above you. Well, then do you think contract, like contract numbers, should be private? What like what do you mean? Like you like can't, we, you like can't we go know, on the media and like we know. Automatic people are getting paid. Yeah, like we can look up how much see, Kevin Durant's I, getting paid for the next two see, years. But I just don't know. I, I'm just not educated in like it. What's public and what's not. Right. Like, can someone look up my salary? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe yeah, they can. You yeah, know, they maybe, can. Okay. Because because so. legally, legally in the state of California, as a server at a restaurant, you make a certain wage plus your tips. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's like, easily accessible. Yeah. So I, I don't think I don't think uh, um, any of that stuff. Now, you know, everything there's going to be some stuff that's like on a non-disclosure agreement, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Or, or, you know, maybe there's not. I don't know. I've never been in a yeah. contract negotiation for a pro contract. But <laughs> I think whatever goes on behind closed doors within a business is all good. All right. So that that brings up. Since since this whole like free agency and trade demands and and teams uh, like a list of desired teams and all of that, Anthony Davis was being interviewed on NBA TV during All Star Weekend, and he basically said he doesn't know how like a small list of teams ever like came to be. He said all twenty nine other teams are on his list. Is the AD saga reaching Dwight Mayer status or Melo demanding a trade to New York from yeah, Denver? It's definitely, it's, yeah, it's going to be one of the most memorable ones ever. It's definitely annoying at this point. It's a bunch of he said, she said, no one knows the facts. No one knows wh- how shit got leaked or no one knows yeah, exactly. why people the- got to these points. No one who's no one knows who's the one that, you know, initially like started all this stuff. Uh, we don't know if it's the Pelicans fault, Anthony Davis's fault. Well, and. The Pelicans were threatening to sit him out uh, for the rest of the season because they obviously want to protect their investment if they're about to trade him this yeah. summer. Yeah. But then the NBA came in and said, "No, if you sit a healthy star in Anthony Davis, we're going to fine you a hundred thousand dollars per game you sit him." Yeah, because he's the league. That's why people pay to go to the games. You don't want to buy Pelicans tickets to not see Anthony Davis. <laughs> no. That's not how it goes. Um, that's why this kind of stuff's terrible for the NBA. Yeah. So I mean, it's. 
this whole Anthony Davis thing, it's not yeah, going to be it's resolved. It's tough. They got to figure it out because, I mean, we just talked about how, you know, what should be okay on the record, off the record. But the 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 underlying story is players have all the power. Uh, well, not all the power, but players are gaining a lot of power on what they do. They're designing the leagues themselves. Yeah, I mean, They're designing it's... the teams themselves. So the league's got to figure out where they want to balance, you know, the power of the player and his contract abilities and his ability to move where he wants. Or do you protect, you know, the small market teams and keeping their talent in town? Yeah, and I mean, that that was the whole idea behind the Supermax contract. And now that we're, I think... I think two years away from the next CBA negotiations starting yep. to to rev up. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the players and the league are going to want as like a give and take to kind of restructure the CBA to are the players going to try and get more power in uh, what their future holds as far as contract negotiations for themselves and their team as yep. well as outside teams are like you said, are the owners going to want to protect the smaller market teams and protect teams from keeping their stars? Yeah, it's a, it's so, a, it's a tough road for the league right now with the, the whole I'm, you know super team, the whole big market. I'm and, very worried about a, a another lockout coming. Well, lockout's going to come every CBA, I think. For the you know when I when it happened in '99, um, it was it was weird to me. I didn't think that that kind of stuff happened, and now it's just like. It just happens too often. Well, it's because the TV money is really what they fight over in that revenue sharing, yeah, whether it's 50-50 yeah. or 51-49. There's just so much money in those TV contracts with the networks that it's yeah. like they don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a tough thing. That's why I think every from now on, I think most CBAs are going to uh, result in a lockout of some sort. Oh, gosh. Might not lose a ton of games or any games. Yeah, no, I mean, because the last one, I don't think they lost any games. No, they started at Christmas, and they didn't lose any games. They, no, they played sixty-six games. That was the year. Yeah, that was the first year LeBron. Yeah, of with the Miami. Big Three. Yeah, that, that was that was the last lockout. Yeah, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. And what what about the Super Max uh, lockout? No, the, I I thought that there was like a lockout, but they didn't end up missing games. I don't think it was really a lockout. No, no. All right, I maybe just. I remember, I remember the 66-game season. I remember the 50-game season. Yeah. I just couldn't remember if the most recent one, for some reason I thought there was a lockout for a little bit. No, because... Um, but I'll look that up later. No, because I think that 2010-2011 CBA was like a 10-year CBA. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's like it we're, makes sense we're coming it longer we're, than that. We're coming up on like the end of yeah. this CBA yeah. in the next like I think year or two. They may have just renegotiated um, contract structures. That uh, might have been what it know, was. With the Super Max stuff. Yeah, because oh no, that's it's because the new TV deal hit and there was a thing in the CBA where it said they were going to switch mm. things up. Yeah, true. That that's what it was. But all right, a few other things that happened over All Star break uh, that uh, Tyler and I thought we would want to discuss on the show one thing uh another reason why i'm rocking the coos jersey tonight is this man knows what it takes to wear the purple and gold in my opinion he knows what it means to be a laker he knows what the lakers organization stands for in the nba and in sports and he he summed it up without even saying it really he he was asked about 
all of uh, the drama surrounding the Lakers uh, and the trade deadline and after the trade deadline with the 42-point loss to Indiana uh, and all of that, he said that he'd rather be talked bad about in L.A. than play for a team like Orlando and not be talked about at all. He just used Orlando as an example. It was just it was a ricochet shot mm-hmm. at the Magic for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he he meant he'd rather be a Laker and be talked about bad or not as great, but still be a part of the Lakers than not be talked about at all on a smaller market team. Yep. And I thought that spoke wonders or of Kuzma as a player, as a Laker. Uh, as someone who's maturing in the league and understanding how the league works, uh, I just thought it was it was really nice to hear from from yeah. a piece of the young core that he oh, knows. I think it has a lot to do with uh, you know where you grow as a player too. Yeah, you know that's his perspective. Yeah, um, it, he got he got a chance. Um, he turned into something greater than he he even probably thought he could be. Um, so of course he's going to love being a Laker. This is where he blossomed into like a superstar, um, you know, where other players are going to have different, you know, and I, upcomings. And I think, I think it's also, especially, you know, co- Kevin Durant moved franchises his rookie yeah. year. It's like, so he probably sees it one way. Um, you know, guys like guys like a Shaq, they started in, you know, in Orlando and moved to an LA kind of the opposite of Kuz, yeah. you know, might have a different perspective. I think, it's definitely good to hear as a Laker fan because you see what's important to him right now. But yeah, I think the Lakers put that in Kuzma. Yeah, exactly. And I think it 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 was nice because, I mean, last year they dealt with uh, some trade rumors because obviously we didn't know what uh, what what was going to happen this past summer with free agency. They didn't know if uh, the Lakers might try and trade a young core asset uh, for. Uh, a star player maybe last season. Obviously, now the rumors heated up even more yeah. this season. Um, I think it's it showed that the these young players, or at least Kuzma by himself, was able to take what happened to him on the chin and kind of just brush it off and just move forward from it and understand the business aspect of it. Yep. And I hope I hope it reached the other Lakers and not just Kuzma, since we just heard Kuzma with the quote. And I think I think it did. No, I did. I, and I think the best part about this Laker team is that they're good. They're close and they're a group and they're together. And none of them have like broke from the pack. There yeah. hasn't been a guy that like has, you know, turned into a mega star. There hasn't guy that has been a true bust in my eyes. Right. Um, there hasn't been one guy to, you know, really break away from the group. So they are a core and a team, which is, I think, the best part of the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the that's the best They're, part is they have a unit, a solidified group, people that grew up together, that trust each other, um, that like each other. They, I think they will once they start learning how to win, they're going to have a ton of fun doing it. Yeah. Um, which is always they good. already they already have been having a ton when, of fun when they do win this year. Yeah, but see, when you're having fun and you haven't figured it out yet it's, it's co- different I, I don't know if i want to take it yeah it's different it's it's good to see that like all those things i said it's good that they get along and all that but they have to learn how to win eventually yeah so i mean speaking of not really having it figured out they're 28 and 29 coming out of the break and we both saw the stat it, it was amazing lebron was 34 yeah, no, it's perfect. And they're twenty eight and twenty nine. And Kobe, 
at 34. At this same point, coming out of the break, the Lakers were 28 and 29. And Kobe was able to lead them into the playoffs, albeit he, Mike D'Antoni, ran him into the fucking ground for no reason, playing him 48 minutes a night for like a month straight. And he ended up tearing his Achilles with two seasons left in the game, which ultimately I think was the passing of the torch from the Lakers to the Warriors uh, for dominance in the league because that was the 2012-2013 year uh, season that mm-hmm. next year Warriors start their start their run I, I, either that year or the next year the Warriors start their run but uh it's it's going to be interesting to see what this team is going to do in the second half I think they're they're going to I think they're it's going to be okay I think LeBron's will and um impact on the game with the you know the skill that they do have and the camaraderie that they do have and you know getting through this adversity together i like to believe that's that's going to push them and you know it's not like they have to they're not they're not in a situation where it's it's really really tough i mean i think that they do have to win probably 15 plus games their longest win streak of the year this year is only four games yeah, no, it, no, it definitely has not gone has not gone well. But I think it uh, they, it's a new team. I mean, playing with LeBron, I think takes a lot of uh, adjustments. They've had they've had this adversity with the Ant Davis thing. Yeah, they've had some injuries. Um, they've got new guys outside of just LeBron. Yeah, they got um, they got to so get Bullock through. and Muscala involved now. Um, well, and Rondo and and uh, they got to get Lonzo back. Rondo, Lance, um, Javale, Tyson, all these. You guys saw are Beasley new. signed in China. Smart, get paid. Get paid for two months of basketball. Yeah. Be ready for the playoffs. Yep, and uh, yeah, I think I think I think LeBron's will get him there. I hope so. I I, th- I think it's going to happen too, just because I mean I'm a Laker apologist. Well, and it's, but it's you know it's it's not a ton of games they have to make up. They're they're only looking to make what three you know uh, they're only making looking to make up two games really. Yeah. Um, the Clippers have 27 losses. They have 29 losses. So really, you know, it's not it's not too bad. And I yeah. li- and I like the Cl- the Clippers. I think you know have gotten you know they got rid of Tobias and stuff. They're not they're not really trying to win games necessarily. Yeah. And then you know the Kings I think have had a great season and definitely stepped forward. But but it might just be a flash in the pan for them. Yeah, I like the Lakers to to bump in there. All right. Um. So, Bill Simmons obviously widely respected basketball uh, analyst. Widely respected basketball asshole. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think he's an asshole nah, as well, but No, no, no. He's he's great. I mean, I wouldn't say he's great, but He's he's legit. He's a Boston apologist and oh, yeah. I fucking hate him. Yeah. But he said that he heard from people he trusts at All-Star Weekend that the owner of the Knicks, James Dolan, is fielding offers to for people to buy the Knicks. Uh the Knicks came out and denied it, whatever. Um bunch of he said she said all of that stuff, but if the rumors are true, and you were James Dolan, what would be the least amount of money you'd settle for to sell the Knicks? Five billion. Really? Five billion. That's bottom. That's like the floor. I that's think. it? That's what I, that's like the floor. That's the minimum I'm, I'm taking. I'm not settling for anything less than ten. Because that, think about it. Think about it. That's a lot. Well, because James Dolan wouldn't just be selling the Knicks. He's selling the Knicks. He's selling MSG Network. He's selling Madison Square Garden. 
He's well, selling I mean, it that's, all. That's different to me. I mean, but I, that, didn't, I didn't realize that comes in a package deal. Yeah, because that's all. Because I mean, a stadium by itself is probably going to go for a billion. I don't. I mean, I'm just. Yeah. I don't know. And but I mean, the mecca of basketball, Madison Square that's Garden. What I mean, the Knicks are like, if they're good, they're making you so much money. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean, as an investor, if I was someone like in that lane, it's just like if you have the Knicks, you have the. You know, you have the Celtics, you have the Lakers, you have the Patriots, you have the Steelers, you have the Cowboys. Yeah. You have the Yankees. Like, that's, I mean, that's what you have. If, if they're good, you have the most profitable team in sports. Well, yeah. They, I mean, they still are the number one ranked sports franchise in terms of worth from Forbes. Yeah. Still. And I know that football right now still is kind of technically America's sport as far as, like, the money aspect of it. But you're talking about New York City, why they call it the Mecca is the basketball to me is the best sport in the yeah. and, and it, New York City no, I is agree. The, the place where it's played the best. It's, the, um, I mean, it's yeah, kind it's, of just where I don't know if it's where the game started, but no, it's where the game was molded. Um, and you know, started, it, it started in Springfield, Massachusetts, where the hall of fame is. Yeah. Well, okay. I know where that's where it literally started, but, <laughs> but I'm no. saying where the good shit actually no, started. New York, New York, even, even as a West coast kid and an LA kid, because LA is such a basketball hub. New York is the Mecca of basketball. That's just how it's known. Um, Madison square garden, uh, you know, it's the big, the big city. Yeah. It's, it's everything. So yeah, I mean, I for me, I'd probably settle for nothing less than ten billion. You'd settle for nothing less than five. Yep. I mean, listen, we're and fives is basically a number I got because it's got to be more expensive than all the rest well, that's sold. Well, the, so what? what Dodgers what, were two billion, right? Yeah, the Dodgers. And were, then the, what? What? What was the team that just sold four four billion for the Panthers? Yeah, was that what it was? Yeah. And the, like, the Clippers sold for two billion. Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers for two billion. Oh, so was the Dodgers and Clippers were both two billion? Yeah, yeah. So I guess if I thought about it a little more, with the Panthers being four billion, I'd probably jack the number up. But well, five five billion is what the Knicks are worth right now. Yeah, like according to Forbes, that's they're what worth five that's what billion. you're already. That's like flatline. That's yeah. what you get no matter, almost no matter what. Yeah. So all right, before before we get into the two fun little things that I have uh, for Tyler and I. Uh, KG had a very interesting comment uh, that came out over the weekend, and it, it didn't have anything to do with All Star Weekend. It didn't have anything to do. You said KG, not KD. KG, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett, I know him. the big ticket. I know this one. Played for Minnesota. Played for Boston. Played for Brooklyn. Yep, he was good. So, this this is just some basketball folklore that he confirmed. KG said that the 2000 USA Olympic team had a $1 million bounty on Yao Ming for the first player to dunk on Yao during the Olympics. And mm -hmm. the 2000 team was Kevin Garnett, Vince Carter. Yep, the, the, that was AI, Gary AI, Payton. AI, Gary Payton. Uh, there was a, that's, that's probably like Alonzo. Yeah, Alonzo Morning. I think uh, Dikembe was on the team maybe. No, Dikembe is not or no, American. I mean I don't know why I said Dikembe. Um Tim Hart, <laughs> maybe Tim Hardaway. No, yeah. that was 96. But anyway. But no, but the one the ones that were on the team that everybody remembers is is AI. AI, KG, Vince. Yeah, exactly. Those guys. Yeah. 
So basically, the funny part was was KG was saying that when Vince jumped over Frederick Weiss, the the French guy that mm-hmm. the seven footer that yeah. Vince Carter jumped over, KG all he could think about in the moment was Vince just won the million dollar bounty, and that's why like he like pushed him so hard after the dunk, and like Vince like almost punched him after. Yeah. Um, but then like KG remembered the million dollars was only for Yao. Yeah. So KG was relieved he didn't have to like give any money to the yeah. pot to to give the Vince, but I mean a one million dollar bounty to dunk on the tallest player yeah, in the world at the time, and he hadn't even made it to the NBA yet. That says something about what the Americans thought about Yao. Yeah. Well, he was. Yeah, he was about to be the number one draft pick in the league. Um, people, he was highly touted, seven five, with skill. People just saw drills, and when you only see drills, you just see someone like you know they only show the good shit they're not showing the bad shit no um it that story remind that the bounty though the story that instantly comes to my mind is tony kukoc um because the dream team tony kukoc was you know the the same position basically mm-hmm. um he but he was a lot younger he was the young kid uh from overseas that was coming to the league dra- drafted by the bulls i think mm-hmm. um and was finally about to come back over to america and Pippen and Jordan guarded him the entire game and didn't let him score. Yep. Uh, so that that's like what the story that popped into my mind. Well, uh, another story that another story that popped into my mind was the the original big three that formed in the NBA in, or in the modern NBA, the yeah, the Celtics, KG, yeah. the KG, Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, yep. and Ray Allen, Doc Rivers. Uh, one time when they played. It was after the – it was during the 2010 season. Or, no, excuse me, the 2008 season when the Celtics beat the Lakers. I think at one point in the season, the Lakers beat the Celtics during the regular season. And he put the money in the stadium. And he put the money in the roof of the locker room. Yep, that's a good one. That nobody knew about and was like, all right, we're coming back to fucking get this later. Yep. And they came back and ended up beating – that one's so that, beating that the Lakers. That story's so crazy to me. Like, how did no one find that fucking money? Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, that's that's a wild one. But now the bounty, the the bounty is a cool story. I mean, that's like eighty five grand if you're splitting a mill twelve ways. Yeah. Uh, eighty three grand or whatever. So uh, that's that's a lot of money to fork up to one dude. It just for dunking on a guy. For one dunk. Yeah, but those were that was a bunch of flyers for sure. Yeah. But all right, so like I said at the top of the show, I went to everybody or every basketball fan's favorite website, and Tyler and I have gotten. Ooh, there's some good names on this list. Hold up. What? I got the the roster. Oh, for the Olympic team in 2000. The 2000 bounty team had some ballers. Uh, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, who I've always been a big-time fan of, super underrated career. Yeah. Ray Allen, who I was going to say. Vin Baker, who I actually remembered. Okay. Uh, Skinny Vinny. Uh, <laughs> Vince KG. Tim Hardaway was on the team. Nice. Allen Houston, J-Kid. Antonio McDice. Ooh. Uh, yeah, uh, which is – he was wow. – Yeah, he was a, a – Tonio's a weird story. I, I like his story actually. He was on the he uh, was on the Pistons team that beat the Lakers. Yep. And then uh Alonzo was on that team. Gary Payton was on that team. And then an old ass Steve Smith. Nice. Uh, was all was on that team. All right. Two Supersonics. Okay. All right. So like I said at the top, I went to every basketball fan's favorite website, basketballreference.com. Tyler and I have gotten stuck down many rabbit holes. 
on this website, but I decided to look up the active players in the NBA, what the chances were for them to make the Hall of Fame because uh, Basketball Reference came up with this algorithm to basically calculate the percent chance active players have of making it to the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. Now, I have the list, and I want to see if Tyler can guess the percentage of a few of the a few of today's stars and basically their percent chance of making it to the Hall of Fame. Now I'm going to give you give you the top 10 real quick. The top 10 all have a 98% chance or more of getting into the Hall of Fame and the top 4 are a 100% chance. Can you guess the top 4? I'm going to say um Top four in the NBA right now. Yes. Uh, gotta be. They're all at 100%. Yeah. Um, I gotta go uh, LeBron. Okay. Yep. He's number one. Dirk. Yep. He's number three. Uh, D Wade. Yep. He's number two. And um, man, you know, this, this last one could go a couple different ways. Cause I think, like, I mean, to me, cause like KD to me is 100%. Yeah. But. Is that who it is? Yeah, number four. Yeah. But see, it's like I also think that, you know, people like Ginobili and Vince Carter, mm-hmm. like the people that are way later on their, their career, I think got to have the higher percentage. But Okay, so. Yeah, KD, LeBron, Dirk, and D-Wayne, those yeah. are the 100%ers. Yep. There's no way in fucking hell they're not getting into the NBA. <laughs> no, there's no way in hell they're not getting, not, not getting into the Hall of Fame. All right, so you mentioned Vince Carter. What uh? What percent chance do you think Vince Carter has of making it to the Hall of Fame? And you said all these players have a ninety-eight percent or higher? well, he's not in the top ten. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah, Vince uh, Carter is not in the top ten. See, well, I mean, I think personally, think he's got to have a ninety percent chance. He has more than ninety. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I probably yeah, he's got to be super super high up there, ninety-five percent. Ninety-four point five. Yeah, he's got to be way high. Yeah, up he's there. A, he's he's number eleven. He's got to be basically a shoe in. Yeah. All right, another player I got for you. Where do you think Dwight Howard, or what do you think per- Dwight Howard's percent chance, according to basketballreference.com, is? Um, I mean, he's got to be super high up there to me as well. Uh, I'm going to go, just because I think people are haters, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with 89%. You're 10 off. 99? Yep. Yeah, see. 99.3% chance. I should have known people weren't going to be that big of haters. <laughs> All right. Another name. He's a, so he's in the top 10. Yes, he's in the top 10. Yeah, because, I mean, fuck. He's got it all other than the championship. All right. Another name I got for you. Rajon Rondo. Is Rondo in the top 10? I don't know. Uh, he's probably pretty pretty close or right around there. I'll go. Uh, I'll give him 96. No. No, he Less? is he is number twenty three on the list. Yeah, he is all the way at forty point six eight percent. That's tough. I don't know. It's tough because you know, for me, I remember when it's at its peak and its lowest. So right. it's like I get that there were those bad that last year in Boston wasn't great. But he kind of ran away from the league in Chicago and Sacramento for a little bit. And in Dallas. And in Dallas. Yeah, fuck. And uh, 
all for that. The, but dude, for I remember three years, when, for three years he was the best point guard in the league. That's what I mean. I remember when it was like, if you're a GM, do you take Chris Paul or do you take Rajon Rondo? That was the debate. Um, you know, it was that's how that's how it was for a long time. Yeah, probably three years. So that's just like I would always put Vince Carter and and Tracy McGrady and Penny Hardaway and Grant Hill. All these guys, Brandon, even like people like Brandon Roy, um, where and Yao Ming, you know, they had these small sample sizes, but they were. If it's interesting you bring those names up. That I have something with that coming up in the Would You Rather. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, I think that they got to be a Hall of Famer if you're one of the best in the game at, at a certain. If you have a good chunk of time where you're one of the best in the game, I think you deserve to be there. Yeah. All right, and. Another interesting name that uh, people recently have been debating because uh, of his more recent success uh, on his latest team. He's he's a bit of a journeyman, but uh, Andre Iguodala. Mm, this goes back to that Finals MVP uh, of shit that kind of solidifies your spot in time. Yeah, where where do you think Andre Iguodala? What percent chance do you think Andre Iguodala has? See, like I don't feel like he's going to have I don't think he should have a, a high spot. Like if his if his is higher than Rondo, I'm going to be pissed. It's not higher than Rondo. I'll I tell you like, that. I was like cuz man, they had they had Rondo at like 44th overall, right? 23rd overall. Oh, 44% chance of making it. 40% chance. Yeah, see, that's So where is Andre Iguodala? Probably ten, close. Yeah, six percent. I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's making it. Which is exactly why I think that the prestige of an NBA Finals MVP is not what a league MVP is. All right, Allen Iverson and Charles Barkley are going to make the Hall of Fame. What about another, what about another Finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard? <laughs> and, well, and he's younger, so he doesn't had as much the show but he's a guy that's like he could be tra- like if he got injured you know this next week god god hopes he doesn't but if he you know if he goes down that career then all of a sudden his numbers look like t mac and vince carter not yeah. what not kd and lebron yeah um so what percent chance do you think Kawhi leonard has of right now to the hall of fame right now i think he's got to be on the favorable end so i'm going to go with 60 percent Basketball reference is not kind to Kawhi Leonard. No, well, because he's young, you know. He's at he's at twenty eight on the list, and he's at fifteen point eight percent. Fifteen percent chance of Kawhi. That, see, that's not. I don't like their algorithm. Wh- okay, all right. Now, what about this? Because because to me, I think Kawhi's gonna make it. Yeah, I mean, I sixty percent was me it. trying to like lowball it. All right, what do you think? Kawhi would be Kawhi. I have not. I don't have the list, but I I bet you if I had to put. The 25 most likely players to make the NBA Hall of Fame, he'd be on it. Right now? If yeah. you were to make a list for yourself? Yeah. Okay. All right. Where would you put Clay Thompson? He's got to be up there. Uh, is he 75%? He's at 21 at 47.74%. Yeah, it's wild. I think, I think he's definitely – he's got three rings, uh, part of the greatest team of all time. Uh, he's going to be up there in all shooting stats. Um, all right. A few more. Man, that's wild. To yeah, have, I know. To, to, because to me, like, that percentage is saying you don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's less than 50% chance likely, according to basketballreference.com. Yeah, and really even, like, 50% chances, I don't think you, like, believe Listen, he's going to make it. A 50 is an F. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think even at 50%, you're saying it's just as likely they won't make it as they will. All right. A few more names for you. John Wall. Um, John, John Wall to me is like he's, he's shown that he can play. He's kind of even like the Gilbert Arenas arena, arena right now. Yeah. Uh, shout out wizard point guards um <laughs> riddled with injury you know because he's had like he has had you know some stud years uh but really hasn't accomplished a ton yeah so i'll i mean i'll probably play him at like 10 percent. 29.3 but more than Kawhi leonard which is nuts to me yeah that's not right <laughs> that's just not right i think the algorithm has to have something to do with like games played or years or experience yeah. or something it, like that it, yeah it has to and it's it's got to play. I don't know, you know. That's weird. I don't know how you get that. All right, two more for you. And they're fourteen and fifteen on the list. I'll tell you that. At fourteen, it's Anthony Davis. Okay. What percent chance do you think BasketballReference.com has him at? Now he's the MVP candidate, so they got to have him likely. Um. Uh, I'm going to go with 70%. Pretty close. 78. Yeah. 78%. He's got so to be, be likely. He is the first active player on the list that is not in the 90s. Okay. So it's like there's a clear – there's something clear in that that 90% range that, like, they're really valuing. So to give you to give you a reference – LeBron one, D Wade two, Dirk three, KD four at a hundred, Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden all at ninety nine point five or more. Dwight Howard's at ninety nine point three. Carmelo is at ninety eight point one. Vince Carter ninety four point five. Tony Parker ninety three point eight. Pau Gasol ninety three point three. Yeah, and then Anthony Davis at seventy eight point one. I mean, that was a really good top of the list. I think those are all definitely like, yeah, I would have all those at 100% probably. Uh, I mean, maybe like, maybe tweak a percentage or two somewhere, I guess. But what's the what's the last name you got? Last name I got at 15 is Kevin Love. He's a Hall of Famer. So 75%, I'll just roll with now. 67.58. Yes. <laughs> He's making it. <laughs> He'll be fine. He was twenty and ten forever. Yeah, he was. All right, but yeah, that's uh that's basketballreference.com. That's just a, a that's rabbit a, a rabbit hole I got stuck down and uh, wanted to to bring to the show. Now, before we get out of here, uh, I said at the top that I came up with a, a would you rather. Everybody knows the game. Would you rather this or that? Uh, it's sports themed, and uh, I thought Tyler and I could uh, go through and answer it. So I got ten scenarios. Would you rather dunk a basketball or score a touchdown? Well, I'm 5'10". And I'm 5'11". So I'm going with dunk a basketball. And I'm also going with dunk a basketball. I've also <laughs> scored touchdowns. So I've never of... scored a touchdown because I never played organized football. But I've, I've scored many touchdowns in, yeah. like, pickup games. You can, yeah, you can score a touchdown. Without, <laughs> yeah, Physically, I cannot dunk. But, I mean, I guess I have dunked on other hoops. Just I've, dunked on, foot, I've dunked on an 8-foot hoop. Uh, dunked on a nine foot hoop can't no, dunk on I a mean, ten I foot hoop i still think a dunk is even better than a touchdown all right next one i got for you hit a home run or block a dunk 
block a dunk. I could give a fuck less about a home run. <laughs> I, I had to throw. But I've never, I don't, I've never hit. I've never even like. I'm, I've never been to the batting cages. I've never been played on a baseball team. I've jeez. Never, I don't even. I don't even know what hand I hit with. See, I'd probably rather hit a home run. When I grab a bat, I naturally step up to the plate like I'm left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> That's how little of baseball I've played. I, would, I don't. I don't even walk. I don't like. It doesn't even feel right. I, the the reason for me for hit a home run is because I would just have the most insane bat flip ready every time I would hit a home run. Nah, dude, blocking a dunk is pretty beast mode. No, I mean, blocking a dunk, you have to have the timing right. You have to have the balls to jump with somebody that's about to yeah. yam it on you. Yep. Like, you, blocking a dunk takes a lot. All right, last, uh, third one. Would you rather catch an interception or rob a home run? <laughs> well, I've caught an interception, but I would still rather catch an interception than rob a home run. Robbing a home run is is probably one of the more one of the more cool things in baseball, like a diving catch. Yeah, or any of those like spectacular catches. Are well, pretty, for me, it's like I'd rather sick. That's like that's more impressive to me than like a home run. But I haven't seen like the home run in 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 person. You know, I think that's yeah. where you really like get a. And I've never tried, so I don't know how hard it is. Like, yeah. I mean, for me, I'd probably rather rob a home run because that's guaranteed getting on Sports Center top ten that night. Pick intercepting the ball though is just. But like, it's like some random lineman could get a random interception. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm just yeah, and that's that's one thing. But like, I picked I uh I picked a play, the first play of eighth grade football on defense, very first play of the season, got an interception, one of the best, like one of my <laughs> favorite plays in my entire life. It was we didn't win a game that year. I didn't win a game. I didn't Dude, win a game all of eighth grade football or ninth grade football. I didn't win a game my entire sophomore year of basketball in league. Yeah. You won a couple tournament games, but our league record was 0-14 that year. Well, my my class, my class, we didn't we didn't and I only played with my class um eighth and ninth grade. We didn't win a game and they hadn't won a game since sixth grade. Damn. They they I mean the the foot we didn't have kids. I mean we just didn't have the numbers, but yeah. uh yeah, I remember first first play of the game got an interception. Oh, against right. uh, w- Wilson High School, the Trufant brothers, uh, <laughs> alma mater, Des Trufant, the All Pro cornerback. There you go. All right, number four. Would you rather be the first pick in the NBA draft or the first pick in the NFL draft? Well, I mean, I'd rather be a basketball player than a football player. Okay, so yeah, right, we're in so, agreement. So like that's um, that's kind of where that lies. Yeah. All right, so we'd both rather be the first pick in the NBA. Yeah, being draft. the first pick is not bad, no matter what. It'd more be like, you know, what what could be like equivalent to the number one draft pick. You know, you could be like, do you want? Would you rather be the number one draft pick or you know an all star? Yeah. I'd rather be an all star. Yeah. Say number one pick is tough to judge size up. Yeah. All right. Would you rather dunk on someone or sack the quarterback? Oh man. I don't think I've ever gotten a sack. <laughs> and you've definitely but never dun- done. But dunking on someone is like gotta be arguably the best feeling in sports. Oh, like dunking on someone like that's just disrespectful. I think that's that's my answer, but Getting a sack is pretty good. That's that's definitely higher up on on the list than a lot of the other things you've mentioned. Okay. All right. Number six. Because everybody wants to get the quarterback. Yeah. All right. Number six. Would you rather win an Olympic gold medal in basketball 
or an NBA championship? An NBA championship. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, a gold medal is is dope, but um, it's just I think a gold medal. Like if you ask this to a kid that's not from America, yeah, this question be way tougher. Yeah, but like we don't, we go over there, you know, and send our fucking JV team over there and just whoop everyone's ass. Yeah, we've had such a. I mean, we did fuck it up in two thousand four, but we've had such a stranglehold on world basketball that to me the Olympic gold medal is kind of just whatever to me it's not a huge it's not it's not like the biggest thing in the world to me yeah all right number seven would you rather be an nba head coach or an nfl head coach see this is where this i'd probably rather be an nfl head coach i'd much rather be an nba head coach but but i'd rather be a basketball i mean i i would way rather be a basketball player but i love um you love the game of football. I love the, like the aspect of coaching, the like play calling. Yeah, it's. I guess if if we're getting down to like the gritty, the the basic of it is like, I would love to be a coordinator. Offense yeah, you love defense. the X's and O's. I love the X's and O's. I love the game plan. I love the strategy. I love the chess moves of you know. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start talking about <laughs> it right now. So I'll just stop there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's where I would change over into the football world. I, I think I'd rather be a football coach. Okay. All right. Number eight. Would you rather watch a regular season NBA game, like let's just say in the middle of December, mm-hmm. courtside, feet on the wood? Oh, yeah. This is a good question. Feet on the wood. Yeah. Or yeah. game seven of the NBA finals from the very last row of the arena? Um, I still think I got a. I still think I got to go with being in the moment rather than the status. Yeah. No, I think I'm, I got to go to game seven. hundred percent. Just because, you know, it is really cool. That that's a really good question. Um, and courtside is 100% on my bucket list. Same, but you can't manufacture. But also so is game seven of the NBA finals. You can't manufacture game seven. Game seven only no. comes if it, if it's a, if, in greatness. It doesn't come every year. Nope. It doesn't come every other year. There's no it could never come again. We never we may never see another NBA Finals game seven. It could never happen again. So I think just being in the moment where so, and being in something that's like there's a finite number of people that got to be yep. that, you know, there's a ton of people there's thousands of people that sit courtside at a regular season game. Yeah. Um there's the there's that small group of people that were at that one game. Yeah. And even even if you are in the last row of the arena, that energy in the building is not something you'll ever feel again. I tell you what though, I tell you where I what I would rather do than go to game seven is go to Duke, North Carolina. Uh I would rather I would rather that's, that's your number one game. That's my number one game. That's that is the bucket that <laughs> is the bucket list. That's the number one. And and to be uh completely honest with you, I have no uh preference on location. If it whether well, no, you'd rather it one be of the in, two. You'd rather no, like you'd, I don't want to see a s I don't want to see like a tournament game. No, you'd rather it be in North Carolina. No, Durham. but not really though. I would love to see I would love to where I would love to go t- to Cameron Indoor and all play like baby blue pants, <laughs> baby blue underwear, socks, shoes, shirt, everything baby blue, and uh, just be part of it. Yeah, well, I think, and I, I've always said that about the game. It doesn't, it has, like, it really doesn't matter where I'm at. Like North Carolina know, is really not a preference to me than being at Duke because it's it's a different sweetness. You know what I mean? Did you see how much tickets were costing to get into the Duke North Carolina game tomorrow night? No, but I've uh you know I've looked into it before back you know years back and I've looked into like what kids do to get into these well, games. Well no 
But you're talking about the resale tickets. Because of Zion, they're going for like 2500 Yeah, well, there's uh, there's five of the projected top like eight picks in this game. Insane. Four of them played. Insane. The <laughs> <laughs> All right, two more. Would you rather coach in college or coach in the pros? I'd rather coach in the pros um, just because – there's a you know just the the uh the dynamic of coaching younger people is out of the not that pros aren't young but i just think you get you can be you have a little more flexibility with how you you know carry yourself how you talk the yeah. intensity that you bring like yeah i think there's just restrictions with college and younger people and stuff like that it's like you're a pro you're an adult you you're it's 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 on you, you i know also I mean? don't want to have to deal with recruiting but that's the part that draws me to college. See, I like the idea. I, to me, college is cool because you get to like re up. It's like every year, it's like, what's my next year's team looking like? Yeah. You're always like, all right, next year. Or like, oh, when this class is a senior. Or like, oh, when this class is a senior. You're constantly building and you're building a program. Whereas, like, I think in the pro game, you're really just how much do you know about basketball? Yeah. Um, how are you going to get through this game? All right. Last one. And you brought up Brandon Roy and Yao Wang earlier. So, mm-hmm. would you rather have a long, average career or a short, historic? Like you were on historic pace. Yeah. But it was your career was cut short by injury. Well, I think um, it's tough. Like realistically, I don't know. I mean, my. Like, I want to say right out the jump that I'd rather be the bigger star mm-hmm. and have it short-lived because your impact on the culture, mm-hmm. you're a superstar, you were, you were, you know, branded, you were marketed, you were yeah. the face of the franchise, you were this and that, people probably know your name. Yeah. Um. So I think I would take all of that kind of stuff uh, over the experience of longevity, but longevity, what longevity brings is just like money. Yeah. And and sustained success and you don't But you're only having an average career. And it's just and it doesn't really matter when you're at that level. I don't think pros give a shit whether yeah. they're like a star or no, a they just player. want they're the like, contract. I played in the NBA for fifteen years. I don't care what you know. I'm I mean Nick, like Nick Ma- Collison. Look at Matt Barnes. Ton of ton of role ton of those role guys, you know, you mean if you can just keep making it and then what you know, once you're a ten year vet, you're a ten year vet. There's you have you have something to bring to the table. Yep. But yeah, no. That's but yeah, I'd rather be Gilbert Arenas. I'd rather be Baron Roy, Yao Ming, you know, all those that slew of names I that I named earlier from injury. I'd rather be one of those guys than kind of just the uh, the forgotten role player. Okay, this is Junius Ilgalskis. <laughs> that's a good one. Big Z ain't forgotten, baby. He was one time All Star. He got that Tongugada <laughs> Wally Zerbiak Wally Zerbiak nod. Award. Yep. But all right, you gotta you gotta shout out before we get out of here. I do. Oh, my, my computer died. Oh, what? Oh, my shout out. My shout out. It didn't die. I just fell asleep. Oh, uh, good morning. <laughs> my shout out of the week is the NBA. Oh, over the NFL. I love it specifically. I love just, it. Just be, I just uh, I love the NFL. I love football. I love the teams and the players. Uh, but the NBA, I think, just showing you how you should run a league to everyone and i think hockey is the only one that's really um like tried to be like the nba because they're they try to do the party thing very player centric yeah you know uh, 
owners and and players and celebrities partying like it's just not that popular of a sport in America. Right. So we right. don't we don't see it as much. But uh, it, you know, NBA All Star Weekend always brings this up in my mind of how great a league the NBA really is. Same. And and I said it earlier how they just they know who they are, and they stay in their lane and they and they crush it and they. Um, they don't try to be something they're not, and they don't try to, you know, stay, you know, stray away from something because they don't think it's right. They they are who the players are. Yep. Um, and that that's that's awesome. They're the, they're the shout out. Yeah. Um, my shout out is a little bit somber. Uh, rest in peace to former Dodgers pitcher Don Newcomb passed away at 92 earlier today. God damn. Yeah. He. Uh, that's a win in my book. Oh yeah. That's a win. Living in 92, you lived a long, illustrious life. That sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, that, that's badass. But uh Don Newcomb, he he was one of the one of the first black players. He was part of that wave uh right. after Jackie Robinson. Him and Jackie Robinson were teammates, uh, won championships in Brooklyn for the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh he was a staple uh around uh the club uh as as he retired uh he was always mentoring young players him and dodgers closer kenley jansen had an incredible relationship uh kenley mentioned he's one of his mentors and really helped him uh become the great pitcher that kenley is today so i just want to say rest in peace to don newcomb i have uh his jersey uh, actually at home i've worn it uh, on the show a couple times uh it was one of those uh, free giveaway jerseys at a at a game that i went to so not a bad one. Definitely wearing that the next time uh, I go to Dodger Stadium. But with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pachoki. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace. Later.